Hi, this is Patrick Finley. It's Mark Potash. Welcome to Hallis Intrigue, the Chicago Bears podcast. We're Potsy. On today's episode, we will make our predictions for the Bears against the Commanders. We will talk about Justin Fields' performance in Minnesota and what he needs to do next. And we will wonder whether Thursday night football is killing off the integrity of the sport. Well, maybe not really, but it's ugly. Anyway, all that and more coming up on Hallis Intrigue. Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. Potsy, the Bears have a short week as we sit here now. It is a Wednesday, but in football parlance, it is a Saturday because there's a game on tomorrow night, Thursday night. The Bears have got a short week. Does it help them, hurt them? Does it matter? At the very least, it's different. Well, I think it'll be really interesting, Pat, to see how the Bears uh, handle this because Matt Eberflus, I think, has been pretty kind of, I guess, proactive about dealing with the Thursday night thing. You know, when he started shortening practices two weeks ago, it wasn't just wear and it's not so much wear and tear after like two or three weeks, but it was with an eye towards this short week. So he was definitely planning that way. And I think he's trying to get the best of both worlds. I talked to him about this on Monday, and where he has kind of tapered a little bit, in which he's uh, they they have not practiced as much, uh, and, and they really depend on intensity and in practice to really be good. Uh, but also, they're having a practice day before the game, which teams don't often do or hardly I, ever do. I've never seen it. And so uh, he he wants. I think he's you know you lose the physicality of of practicing if there is such a thing as physicality in practice that you usually get on a Wednesday and Thursday. <laughs> But he's still getting more practice than you normally would. So I'm really curious to see how that works out because, you know, we've seen this, and I guess we'll get into this later, but, you know, mediocre teams on Thursday night on short rest is really uh, a recipe for disaster. I mean, even last week you saw two of the best quarterbacks or the most prolific quarterbacks of this generation play in one of the worst football games that you've seen. And already it was was almost comical, like where people were already looking forward to, hey, if it's this bad with the Colts and Broncos, how bad will it be with the Commanders and the Bears? Yeah, and, and and we will find out. It can't be too much worse. It was twelve to nine, correct, Patsy? Uh, and it needed overtime to get to twelve to nine. Uh, Al Michaels, who you know, <laughs> was calling the game and is in week five of his Amazon uh, contract, was laughing at the game and said, "What? It was like the third option. Uh, it was like CBS's like C game or something like that. Uh, it, it was not a good reflection of the sport." No, it wasn't, and and every time you get a bad game like that, uh, there's always, a, I wouldn't say an outcry, but certainly a criticism of playing football three days. You know, the players don't like it in general, I think just from the physical standpoint. But boy, you talk to a guy like Roquan Smith who's got a lot on the line, doesn't need to be, doesn't need the physical wear and tear, doesn't need the, the risk of that, and he could not be more all in. I mean, he acknowledged that it's mind over matter, there is a physical element, but he's he, it's so typical of just the addiction of the sport, how no matter what the NFL throws at them, everybody loves to play. Yeah, the standard NFL week has got practice Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. The Friday practice is typically a little lighter and focuses on red zone. Then there's a walkthrough on Saturday and the game Sunday. On a short week like this, the Bears went walkthrough Monday, walkthrough Tuesday, and and a practice on Wednesday. They will have another walkthrough, I believe, Thursday morning. Uh, But, you know, when we talk about Eberflus and, and how he's handling this week, to me, it takes on a little more importance than it did under Matt Nagy or under John Fox or under Mark Trestman or any of the other coaches we've been around. Because like you said, so much of his ethos is tied to practice and how hard they go. 
I mean, you could argue that there have been injuries this year. Jalen Johnson and his quad is one of them. That, in practice. In practice. That may, yeah, that came during practice. During the offseason, one of the first things Matt Eberflus did was get dinged by the NFL and the NFLPA for having practices that were too physical. My guess is he'd do it 100 times out of 100 and dare them to dock him a practice for it because he's trying to establish a toughness. And he talks about that toughness a lot. And he says, what's his thing? You can't live slow and you can't, what, what is it? You can't uh, live... It, you have to live. You have to live fast and play fast. You can't live slow and play fast. Something like that. Yeah, uh, something like that. Something like that. I butchered it. Uh, he has so many damn sayings, though. It's hard to keep him track. Uh, but this is this is what the whole program is built on, and it must drive him uh, more crazy than it drives your average coach to have to condense. And, and Pat, so it'll, it, right now it's not even as big an issue as it's going to be. The big issue is down the road, long term. You know, uh, not only you know, I guess the, this season, as you look as, as the wear and tear of an NFL season uh, kind of builds up, and then we'll see if he can still keep his team in shape. Um, you know, by by, have, by you know after playing for so you know so many weeks in a row and and practicing and so like that. So even though it's it's kind of an issue now, but it's going to be a bigger issue later. So I guess what I'm saying is, even if they're successful now and they navigate this, like we kind of saw with Nagy, that was one of the great things about Nagy in that first year was long week, short week, bye week, no matter what. He he was he had his team ready for everything. So I guess the point there is that they met, even if they do well and they have a chance to do well against a struggling team in a in a tough situation, that doesn't that's not the finding. That doesn't mean that this season is going to be better than we think or whatever. So I guess the I guess the point is don't don't make too many judgments off of, off of this game, but it will be interesting to see how how they react. Well, and also the Bears don't have their bye until the second week of December. This, you know, after this game is about as close as they get to a break where they go from this Thursday until two Mondays later uh, between playing a game, between playing games, players will have Saturday, Sunday, Monday off. So they will be able to rest a little bit. So I, I guess this is sort of a miniature buy, but the Bears drew the worst possible cards in terms of actual bye weeks. And, you know, to see a first year head coach who relies on toughness try to get from now till the second week of December without decimating his roster, that's going to be interesting because we've already seen it take a hit. Yeah, uh, and, and uh, that, that's the whole thing as far as having a, a late buy is you don't know what situation you'll be in. I mean, who knows what their record will be, what their mindset will be. It, who knows if Justin Fields will still be standing by then. So I guess the, I guess the thing is, you know, there's a long way to go in this season. I want to congratulate us on making it six and a half minutes without saying Justin Fields' name now that we have. Uh, what do we expect from him on Thursday? I think there's a healthy debate to be had about whether his progress was worth writing hosannas about or just or singing hosannas about or just uh, acknowledging it as an incremental improvement. I realize it's a lot sexier to say that it was a leap. I look at it as incremental improvement, and they're going to have to do that over and over and over and over and over again for them to feel comfortable about Fields as well. Well, if you're a Bears fan and you've been following this team for any amount of time, incremental progress is a giant leap. <laughs> so that's that's why we have that issue this week. But no, it was a step forward, which was better than a step backward or stagnation. So it was good, and it will be interesting to see if he can build that. But I'll be honest, I don't think this is going to be very defining. I guess is the kind of word I overuse, but. Because it's a short week, and and um, if he does well, I think that will be a, a a really good sign. But I'm not my expectations. You know, he's had trouble putting back to back games. He had the nice run against 49ers, and then the good second half against the, uh, the against the Steelers last year. That was about as close as he's come to being having good elements of two weeks in a row. So 
he needs to be able to put it together, you know, more than you know, more than one one week at a time, where he's just showing growth. I mean, that's how low the bar is. And uh, but again, on, on three days rest, um, I'll be honest, I don't trust them to uh, to, to 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 the point where I, I would expect it. Do you wonder about his body and how it will feel on Thursday? This is a guy who gets hit almost more than any other quarterback in football. You know, his sack percentage, I think, still leads the league, which means he gets sacked on the highest percentage of dropbacks. He takes off and runs. He takes hits. Jesus, he takes hits. And and he pops right back up, uh, which is a testament to him. But isn't it going to be harder for him to get by tomorrow doing what he's good at, which is running and being able to feel, you know, feel fast? Uh it's a little different than you know if, if, when we're talking about Matt Ryan and Russell Wilson the week before. Yeah, I, I I worry about him every time I watch him because just in general, any quarterback can get hit at any time. But he just seems to expose himself to hits um, sometimes unnecessarily, and that, that's kind of his style. And it's just it, you know a bear quarterback has not played every game since I think two thousand nine. So sometimes I think once that was because of a coaching decision. But uh, but in general, it's very difficult for any quarterback, and you know at least with the Bears, to, to go through sixteen or seventeen games. And so yeah, I think there's every and, and plus you're right. The way he, you know, their sack, the, the percentage of times he's under pressure, the percentage of times he's sacked, you know, relative to how many times he drops back is is too high, and he gets hit too many times. I think I think eventually he I think he knows I think he's still getting the sliding thing down. I think he knows like on that fourth down, I think on the fourth and four conversion seven yards, he did a good job. So he knows to do it, but still all it takes is one hit. So that's still a concern is uh, is will he, you know, will he survive? But you know, frankly, uh, not to, to well to use their cliche that this is part of the process of, of developing a quarterback, and you just hope that uh, you don't pay the pay pay the price uh, along the way. Are you thinking of Mark Tressman benching Jay Cutler in his second to last that game? Was the, that, if not for that, I think Cutler would have played in all in every game. I think that was the one. And do you yeah. remember what happened in that game when he benched him for Jimmy Clausen to try to prove a point? Yeah, they didn't get over midfield or across midfield or something. No, no, no. That's a different Jimmy Clausen oh. game. I, oh. I, I, if I believe correctly, was it the twenty-six nothing. Oh, that was early. Yeah, season. that was against yeah, the Seahawks. Yeah, no, right. uh, if I remember correctly, didn't was it Clawson who got hurt, and then they had to play Cutler in the final game anyway, something like that. I can't remember. I mean, they did. <laughs> That's how it worked out. But I can't remember if that was the circumstance. But either way, that was the one time where it prevented. Uh, uh, if not for that, uh, Cutler would have played all sixteen games. He was, you know, he was, he was a pretty tough guy. Do you want to uh, play a little game with me called "It Can Be Worse"? Uh, I don't know if I do or not. Let's play it, and I'll tell you. Let me tell you about the Washington Commanders and their quarterback situation, shall I? Go ahead, Pat. Their head coach spent this week, uh, on Monday he was asked the difference between his team and the other teams in the NFC East, and he said, quarterback. He then tried to explain later that the other teams had more continuity with their quarterback yes. than he does. This seems to ignore the fact that the Giants have a new head coach and, and a veteran quarterback, but a new head coach. Uh, the Cowboys have a backup quarterback, and then old head coach, and that the Eagles have a, a pairing that's been around for all of, you know, 21 games. Uh, he says he apologized. He said he had a bad day. I think uh, Ron Rivera even used a curse word in de describing what a bad day he had when he put his foot in his mouth there. All of this going into a nationally televised game is bad news for Carson Wentz, his quarterback, and, and, and for Ron Rivera as well. Wentz, though, hasn't been horrible. He's fifth in the league with 1,390 passing yards. He's tied for fifth with 10 touchdowns. And if you go to passer rating, he's 18th. 
Nothing to write home about, but not a mess. It, it's like facing Kirk Cousins again. You don't know what you're going to get, but you could get somebody who could beat you. He could definitely beat you um, if they play the same defense that you know, allows them to get open receivers and make plays. Uh, Carson Wentz is more than capable. Uh, when he's when he when he has bad games, it's not necessarily because he's a bad quarterback. He's just an inconsistent quarterback who, like so many others, really talented but needs everything just right for him to succeed. And he found that early in his early years in in, in um, Philadelphia. But when it broke down, he broke down, much like you see Rex Grossman, uh, Jay Cutler. Just uh, right. you know, a lot you know, a lot of quarterbacks aren't like that. So I guess the point is is that Carson Wentz can definitely beat the Bears uh, on, on Thursday night uh, and. I'm not sure what that situation. He's veteran quarterback enough, I think. I think to slough that off, um, the 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 uh, distraction, and uh, as far as Ron Rivera, you know, that's you know, that's frankly what I like about Ron Rivera. He probably <laughs> shouldn't have said it, but he's always been that way. He's been very frank. He like I, you know, the thing I like. He acknowledges reality, and that is the reality. He probably shouldn't have said it that way, or he should have kind of couched it or phrased it differently. But that is the truth. I mean, you got to get the quarterback right. That's mm-hmm. That was the situation. Look at Cal- Carolina. Mm-hmm. Why is their coach, why, why is Matt Rule fired? Because he didn't get the quarterback right. I'm sure he's yeah. a fine coach, sure. but he didn't get the quarterback right. And well, that's what it's all about in the NFL. I guess maybe that's the way to say it. Is the implication, though, the implication, though, is that Cooper Rush, who's the backup in Dallas. Well, I think he's referring like, to Dak Prescott. I mean, right, I, I realize right. Rush is the reason, but that that's a story in itself, why, how, right. how, the, how the Cowboys have been able to survive. They have a really good defense. That's sure. one reason. And why Cooper Rush all of a sudden is in, in, a, in two star, I think a start or two last year, a start last year and, and four or five this year, all of a sudden is, you know, why it's, I, we, we were talking about this yesterday in the media room, why it's always like pulling teeth for the Bears to develop a quarterback. <laughs> and a guy like Cooper Rush, who has more, has been, who's older, but doesn't have the same experience, you throw him in there, and an offense that hasn't been that, you know, that great, it's not like the Chiefs, and all of a sudden he's in. But anyway, I, I think that, I think Rivera was referring to Dak Prescott, but maybe not. But sure. but, but you're right. If, it, if it's Cooper Rush, it's like, you know, why isn't Carson Wentz better than him? Sure. And, and you mentioned Carson Wentz and um, and Kirk Cousins. They're very different. They go about things differently. Uh, you know, as you saw on Sunday, uh, Kirk Cousins will just play action you and nickel and dime you to death, throwing right. outside. Carson Wentz likes to let it fly. Right. What he's good at is throwing these deep balls. But I'm just referring to the consistency sure, of part. Sure, of course. Part. They, two, they can be two. They're very talented. Uh Quarterbacks are going to be two different quarterbacks at the same time, in the same game. Watch this effortless transition as we play. It could be worse. Since Kirk Cousins left the Washington football franchise to go to the Vikings, Washington has had, you want to guess how many different starting quarterbacks? I'll say six. Eleven. Oh, I was only off by five. (laughs) The Bears, we look at the Bears as a revolving door of quarterbacks. The Bears have started five different guys during that same time. Washington has started 11 since Alex Smith had that just really, really hideous broken leg uh, in which he had a compound fracture of both of his leg bones. Um, yeah, it's not great. Uh, they've played 55 games. Ten different guys have started in 55 games. They, I would argue to you that more so than the Bears, they are in quarterback hell. I can't disagree with that. I think just in general, you know, you, we always or I always talk about the, the the Bears being like you know having a being one of the worst, uh, fra- the most disappointing franchise in the last thirty years, just based on their, I think it's four playoff wins in thirty years since they since they fired Ditka, and that's true. 
But there's two teams, two very well-established teams with great success who are right there with them, and that's the Raiders and the Commanders. So you mm-hmm. know Washington. So this is not this is not a new thing for them, even though they've you know they've had probably better spates of success. Um, you know, RG three, they made the playoffs, and 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 they have. But but as far as the, the, the their record of success, postseason success, they're those uh, those three well established uh, teams are all in the same boat. So no, that doesn't surprise me that uh, they're you know the, the Bears are not alone in that. I guess that you could they could say that that you know they're not the only team. But the, yeah, you know that's it's just it goes back to the same thing. Got to get the quarterback right. The four worst teams in the NFL since 2018 in terms of passer rating, the Jaguars. Who drafted Trevor Lawrence number one? The Jets, who drafted Zach Wilson number two? The Commanders, and take a guess who's number four? It's not the Bears. Um, well, I'm really bad at this. We've referenced you referenced it five minutes ago. I'd say the Raiders. Nope, Carolina, oh. Carolina Panthers. Oh, the Panthers. Carolina yeah. Panthers, who just got their coach fired. Potsy, before we get to picks, I I, I want to bring one more thing up. It's about the disparity between the Bears defense and the Bears offense, or I'm sorry, the Bears defense in the first half and the Bears defense in the second half. Uh, when they gave up that game-winning touchdown to the Vikings on Sunday, it was the first second-half touchdown they'd allowed all season. That is really commendable. What is not is the fact that it seems to take them a while to get warmed up. Yeah, they've allowed uh, 80 points in the first half, which is like the third most in the league, third or fourth most in the league, and they've allowed 26 in the second half, which is the third or fourth least. That's a, that, that's too big of a disparity, and it was on display Sunday or against the Vikings when uh, they were in a groove, but they just wore out. I mean, they those that was they they had uh, seventy nine defensive snaps. You know, the, the, the wow. guys were playing, and that's and 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 the last seventeen of those were were in that fourth quarter where they just you know you talk about having uh, focus and and being disciplined and all the things that this defense depends on to be good as far as you know uh, you know just you know tackling and being in the right spot and this and that and you just lose that the more you're on the field so they lost that game in the first half when they when you know they gave up those three touchdown drives and were just on the field too much so it's i think they're still have a chance to be a good defense but yeah they've got to be better at the beginning um, and that's why this will be a great test on on Thursday to see how they respond because they, they know what a problem it is. They haven't been particularly disruptive, though, even when they've been good, right? I That's mean, true. This yeah, is a bend-but-don't-break yeah. sort of situation. Yeah, even Nick Morrow mentioned that, you know, like saying, you know, hey, you know, we need, you know, we... we, we uh, we, we, you know, we gotta, we gotta turn over on Vildor's inter- interception, but you know, in the fourth quarter, so right. it's got, it's got. Even, even the players are saying that they know that that stuff's got to happen. So you're right; they have not been, they have not been sack wise, pressure wise, sack wise, turnover takeaway wise. They have not. That's been one of the, I don't know, subtle. It's been one of the disappointments of this defense, which looked at the beginning of the year, and maybe because they were playing the the Bears' offense, looked like they would, hit, they would be able to hit the ground running and be the defense that they wanted to be. And uh, I still think they can get there because I because they when they're good they are they are good but um, but so far that has been a disappointment. Uh, it just depends. It's just a question of how much it takes to kind of get get into that groove. Boy, they cause a lot of fumbles though. The Bears cause a lot yeah, of fumbles. They don't recover them necessarily, they, uh, yeah, but they cause yeah, them. Well, you got to know how to fall on them, as, <laughs> as we learned earlier this year. Maybe you know nobody will tell also, us the secret. I'm not sure what the secret what, is. What did Matty Berflus say? There are city fumbles and country That's fumbles. Right, yeah, yeah. And there's a way to recover each of them. So. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Uh, the the uh, if the Bears have trouble stopping the Commanders, that may be trouble. That may b- not bode well for future games. 
even even with a team like the Patriots, who uh, you know is not an offensive juggernaut coming up. Yeah, you know, who knows on three uh, on three days rest or whatever. Right. I mean, that's I hate to use that as the excuse card, but you know I think history has shown that that's not that makes games not as defining um, <clears throat> as the, as they are. But um, you know, usually the good teams win those and the bad teams lose them. Yeah, Thursday nights are weird. Uh, that's a good transition to get to our picks for the Thursday night game against the Commanders. Uh, Team Sun-Times is five in favor of the Bears and one in favor of the Commanders. Uh, the one in favor of the Commanders is uh, handsome, charming, and funny, and we will get to him in a second. No, I have the, I have the <laughs> Bears winning. Uh, give me your rationale on the Bears. Well, I've got the Bears winning 18-15, to 15, which, as you know, is six field goals to five. <laughs> and um, uh, after last week's 12-9 game, I just think it's going to be a slog. And uh, two teams that are... Keep talking. Uh, two teams that are struggling um, to kind of find get their footing, and um, it just makes sense that uh, that on a Thursday night uh, uh, that this that this is going to be uh, you know kind of a, a really tough game for both teams, but a winnable game for both teams. So yeah, I don't know. I, it's very hard to predict, but I just think I guess the Bears being at home, not having to travel, and having a quarterback who seems to be making progress. And an offense that uh, that uh, seems to be making progress, and getting Jalen Johnson back, which I think they're going to do. Right. Um, uh, I think. I think that. I think. I just think they'll be. I, if I had to make one pick, I think they'll pull it out. But if, you know, same old thing. Nothing else. It's the NFL. Nothing will surprise. That me. is a good point and worth addressing. Jalen Johnson, who's their best corner, uh, seems like he is ready to go um, for Thursday night. Before he got hurt uh, during practice, I believe on September twenty second. I think he'd played two games, and I think he'd been targeted four times. What's great about Jalen Johnson isn't the plays he makes. It's the certainty he gives you that they're going to throw the ball somewhere else. And there is something to be said for that because the Bears can scheme to that a little bit. Yeah, but like Roquan said, could have used him last week. The time to see that effect would have been last week against Justin Jefferson and see if they, which they haven't really done, is put him on one receiver, which they did last year. Right. And uh, it would have been interesting to see if they just say, hey, this is time we got to do that. So that was a good point by Roquan, even though I think he was kidding. <laughs> maybe, maybe half kidding. Well, and Terry McLaurin, a pretty good receiver for, for the Commanders. I'd argue to you he's probably the third best receiver the Bears have faced this year behind uh, Justin Jefferson and Debo Samuel, uh, even though you might want to call Debo more of a running back, uh, but still not quite the threat that Justin Jefferson was. Yeah, I mean, still a threat, but, I mean, uh, Jalen Johnson is more of a neutralizing factor there than, sure. uh, than, than with having, when he's not there and you have three rookies in your, second, in your defensive secondary. You were not alone in your pick, by the way. Uh, uh, Jason Leisure, who will be back with us on Thursday night, uh, has the Bears winning 20-13. to 13. Uh, Rick Tallender, 21-17. Rick Morris, or I'm sorry, Rick Morrissey, 21-17. Rick Tallender, 21-19. Lawrence Holmes, 21-18. A lot of similar scores here, Potsy. Well, I've always said, I've been doing this for a long time, and uh, not only our paper, but other papers have been, are often locked into the bear. We, we come pretty close to the scores, even if you don't get the winner. I think in general we, we, we know these teams, and so it's not surprising. I think our record overall is pretty good, right? Yeah, we're pretty good. The Bears yeah. are one-point favorites. If you look at the over-under right now, it's at 37.5, which means that when you say 21-17, you're picking right on the over-under number, which, uh, which goes to show you that maybe sports writers do pay attention to these things. I've got the Commanders 27-26, and the best argument I can make is the same one I made when I picked the Texans. Um, and I was wrong in picking the Texans. 
But I don't think we can presume the Bears are beating anybody at at this point. And I think the combination of it being Thursday night and weird things happening on Thursday night and maybe Ron Rivera coaching for his job? Is that it? It seems premature, but, you know, I never put anything past Daniel Snyder. I mean, they're one in four, and I'm sure he's starting to feel the heat there a little bit. I still think I might trust Carson Wentz more than I trust Justin Fields, which really hurts to say out loud. Uh, Well, I I buy the, uh, not to sorry to interrupt, but I I buy the Carson Wentz thing more than the Rivera thing because I think one of the reasons they're not doing well is because his message just isn't resonating like it did in Carolina. So a lot of times when you don't, a lot of times you're one and four because the team doesn't believe in the the coach and uh, even a veteran coach who's been successful. And when that happens, you know, but there's no motivation to be had. I mean, right. that's 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 part of the problem. So, but I do, do agree with that. Even for a guy who's lost more games this year, picking games than all of last year. Really? Is that true? Didn't you only lose three games? You only lost. Three oh my games, god! Yeah, probably have. You've already lost oh. four this year. Oh, now I'm depressed. Yeah. No, so, I'm two, I'm I'm two sure. and three. I'm two and three. Okay, year, as many as many. <laughs> so, so anyway, so I don't know if I trust your pick, but uh, but but hey, you can pick against the Bears any game against any <laughs> team, and look at the Texans. You know, I mean, even right. that wouldn't have been. Well, we know from the way the game played out, that wouldn't have been a big surprise. So, no, this team can lose to anybody. So there's no uh, no risk, I think, in, in picking them to lose any game. But uh, um, I got them winning, so we'll, we'll see what happens. Well, and, That's and, why they play the games, Pat. And, and to be, you know, and, and we're contractually obligated to, to say this, winning and losing is important. Watching Justin Fields develop is more important. More important and definitely important on a different level. So, you know, there's a world, like you wrote about uh, in the Sun-Times on, on Wednesday, there's a sweet spot of bad where fields can play well and the Bears can lose and their draft pick gets better, and that's, and that's a win-win. And they hit that Sunday, so yeah. um, that's not, I, I don't advocate that, I guess, is a, a distinction I like to make, but that is, you can't argue that that's, uh, based on history, that that's often the best outcome. That's the truth. We will be back on Thursday night, super late Thursday night, Potsy, like at 12.30 or 1 in the morning to yeah. talk about the Bears-Commanders game. Uh, you can check us out at the Sun-Times website. You can follow us on Twitter. Um, and c- please consider making a donation to the Sun-Times. As you've heard, I'm sure, uh, we are taking down our paywall, which means everybody can read everything, which is wonderful news. But they still got to keep the lights on. So uh, if you feel it in your heart to donate, uh, by the way, our idea of people uh, just directly donating money to us, uh, it didn't work. I, I, I haven't gotten any money. Yeah, Have you? I don't like that. I don't like that. It's, uh, no, I don't think it's a great, great idea. <laughs> I think it's divisive for camaraderie. And it should be all for one. Good job, Potsy. We'll go all for one this time. And, uh, and so follow us where you can follow us. Read us where you can read us. And please like, rate, and review the podcast. For Mark Potash, I'm Patrick Finley. Jason Leisure will be back in the next episode. Thanks so much for listening. We will be back again real soon. Thanks for listening to the news live on WBEZ and NPR. The WBEZ stream sounds great in the kitchen on your smart speaker and anywhere on the WBEZ app. Listen every day.